microbiology. What is it, and what does microbiology have to do with you? This field of study is a key part of our world, from human and animal medicine to understanding the environment. On this show, Minerva Garcia, a practicing microbiologist, swings open the door to her lab to welcome you into this intriguing world. Now, let's meet Minerva, the microbiologist. Welcome all to my show, Meet Minerva, the Microbiologist. My name is Minerva A. Garcia. I'm currently the Associate Director of Microbiology at Jacoby Medical Center, New York City Health and Hospital Corporation. I am your microbiologist. Now again, microbiology with the microbes. Welcome to In and So Does Poetry with Creative Lines. In today's show, I'll be talking about the following topics. Women in the science and in the laboratory. With today's guest, Eve Queen, medical technologist at Jacoby Medical Center, New York City. COVID-19 variant strains update, national and international news. So there he goes, an analogy of a poem, discussions. Since COVID pandemic, we've been Seeing women play many roles to keep us all safe, healthy, and most of all, sane. They are mothers, sisters, aunts, friends, nurses, physicians, physical therapists, laboratory professionals, lawyers, teachers, hairstylists, etc. Playing vital roles in our communities and societies at large. They can feed our minds intellectually as well as keep us looking beautiful with their delicate hands and their beauty salons. This is why I am dedicating a part of this show to women because they're so unique in so many ways and levels. Without women, no men would exist, nor our planet's homo sapiens offspring will continue to be. Therefore, hats off to all the women of the world. Know that I got your back. My suggestion to all women Art, educate yourself, learn, grow, triumph, and expand your wings because you could do anything you set your minds to do. Nothing is impossible if you willed yourself truthfully, respectfully, and honestly. Therefore, we all know today they are all facing daily challenges every day with their own individualized hopes and dreams been rearranging their lives, their own lives actually, as they face the many challenges. This is where poetry comes in. And I'd like to bring you all into my world of microbiology, where microbes are discussed and poetry expressed. In support of women, they are all trying to triumph today. So come into my worlds of both poetry and microbes. In today's poem number one, entitled Uniqueness, is spelled Uniqueness Vertically. That's Danwood. Uniqueness. Unlike any we've seen, no matter what they say, in our eyes is all that matters. Quality is so different. Unable to accept others' opinions. We unique. Eyes of yours is all that matters. Know that only kind words you accept. Excellent and exceptional qualities you accept. Sure, art is semans. Seriously, it's all you ever understand for all of this uniqueness. 
Poem number two. Please note that there are five parts. Now I'll be reading part one only, titled "Women Uniqueness: Born for." Part one. Women are born for greatness, for mothering, for nurturing, for leadership. Perhaps reach men's intellect because she can. Women are born for bearing children, for knowing the difference, for loving beyond, for continuing the human race. Women are born for worshiping herself because believes with the mighty to predict we are loved. For only women has the beauty within, uniqueness to feminists. Only women put some makeup to beautify her own uniqueness and share others to join. For only women wears a skirt because she prefers one to match her unique physique, as others could join without discrimination if liked it. Women are born for making men strong by giving birth to men, for giving abundance of the self-endless love. For creating a mirror image of the women's movement, for all her brainy moves, for all her brainy moves again, inspectably cool, for liberating herself because she owns it. Make room. Noticed. A strong woman just entered the room. Indeed, she just walked in. So let's get started. Topic number one: Women in the science and the laboratory. I like to start with an emphasis that women are very special creatures for the continuation of the human race. They're unique in every ways and in so many levels. Where to begin and end? I'll try to defend. First and most of all, they're partners in life with their offspring,s contributing to the partner's success, holding positions in many sectors, especially in healthcare. Gone, many times unrecognized. A perfect example is the story of the iconic, incredible, and most of all, science British female prodigy, way ahead of her time. This was Rosalind Franklin. She had very educated. She was a very educated woman, indeed, graduating from the University of Cambridge in 1941. She was an activist in her own rights, protesting against low wages for women compared to men. She got her work published in top journals, yet was never treated comparable to her male counterparts, nor her colleagues. She died 68 years ago, empty from science, because she never got the fulfillment she deserved as a female. The world never got to discover this deserving Nobel Prize in science for the DNA's helix during her lifetimes. She was indeed an iconic woman, dying on April 16, 1958, in a significant month of April. We know April being Poultry Month, Lab Week, Administrative Professional Week, which is Secretary Week, and Minority Health Month. This is powerful. The month of April, I think as a woman, she was a minority in science and still holds today, for many African Americans, Latinos, among others, as Asian Americans, 
we've seen discriminatory and cruel acts during the COVID-19 crisis. Without any merits of COVID-19 for them taking this blame for exposure. We know society can judge a person's character very unfairly and harshly. As she was judged, we got to change this perspective. Moving forward in our society, recognition should go as deservingly. Miss Franklin died sadly at such a young age of 37, without recognition or fame to her name. For a year-long work on the double helix structure we know today is so critical and important. Her work is significant today because of mutations in the DNA in animals, humans, bacteria, and bacteriophage, where a bacterium can infect a virus causing mutations. We are seeing today's world how SARS-CoV-2 mutated into other known variants through mutations for survival and continuation of existence. I can truly give homage to this great pioneer of the double-A helix. Two women worth mentioning today would be that in 1947, Northern Irish scientist Gertie Corey received a Nobel Prize discovering radio pulsars. And in 1974, Jocelyn Bell Burnell was overlooked in Nobel Prize in Physics because they were step favoring her male supervisor. It's more than fair to state that Miss Franklin was an extraordinary woman. As a great chemist for her time, she was critical in understanding and implementing the theory to the structure of the DNA helix. Dying 68 years ago without any claims to her name for the DNA helix, one of the world's most triumph discovery of our times in science. She was severely robbed of this Nobel Prize. She was so well deserved, which went to her two colleagues, Francis Creek and James Watson. It is known that the DNA helix was discovered by Watson and Creek, both giving credit as history is known. Miss Franklin's idea and theory was stolen from her. How many of you may ask that indeed she was robbed of this Nobel Prize? It occurred in May 1952 when a graduate student was under Miss Franklin. His name was Raymond Goslin at the King's College London where he took a picture of the DNA scatters and x-ray beam. This image was so important in the structure of the DNA because it revealed that important information as to the crystal structure of a material. At that time, little was known about the DNA structure. It took a brilliant mind like Rosalind Franklin to come forth with such precision and give us of this DNA helix, known today as the spiraling staircase. When Raymond Goslin took this image in Franklin's lab where he was assigned, he further took these pictures without permission to fellow research Maurice Winkins, where he used this info and passed it on to his colleagues James Watson. Mr. Watson then showed it 
and went on to construct a model of the chemical structure of the DNA helix. Both Francis Creek and James Watson stole Miss Rosalind Franklin's work, publishing her work by sending it for publication in journal Nature. Miss Franklin later co-authored with her graduate student Raymond Goslin, but too little too late. Credit was given to Crick and Watson for publishing the data and discoveries first. Ten years later, recognition by the Nobel Prize in Physiology, Medicine was recognized as two scientists for discovering the spiraling lattice structure of the DNA and its role involved in the heritage of its units. This prize was given to Watson and Creek and today is well known and they both have gotten all the credit, not well deserved. Well, Miss Franklin's lab produced the pictures that help unravel the mystery of the DNA. Today, we show honored and remember her name and give her credit that she greatly deserves because she was never given any recognition, no credit for her role during her lifetime. Let's all give her homage. Let's all stand, give her an ovation, a standing ovation because Miss Rosalind Franklin, this, she was a great scientist, a great contribution in science and in medicine we know today. It was later that after she died, it became fruitful of her role and her labor in science that she should be given credit for her role in her work. Until this day, the scientific community, highest honored in science, has gone dry for all her work without ever giving her a Nobel Prize in science. This shows how women in science are severely discriminated throughout history and still today. I do see this and this got to change in science. Time should never be a factor. The science community should do what is right by Miss Franklin. They should turn back his clock, give her recognition she deserves. She should be recognized with a deceased scientist Nobel Prize and change history outcome of discriminatory acts in order to move forward to demonstrate for forward fairness, equality, preference, and perseverance in science. This will be a nice way to pay homage to this intellect. Miss Rosalind, I salute you. Rest in peace. I'll see what I could do for you to get your name known and credit deserved. I say, if this was not unfair, then you tell me what is. Miss Franklin was denied the Nobel Prize, I believe because it was stolen from her and they all knew it. It seemed she was not confrontational with no will left to fight and was a loss to ever win her argument. Lacking the support from her colleagues and peers, she probably knew there was discrimination. It's now proven to me as I learned throughout history, that discrimination and sexism play a major role here. Furthermore, because these scientists use her work to elevate themselves and diminish her credibility as a woman in science, Raymond Goslin was 
untrustworthy by taking the images to Francis Creek and then he taking it to James Watson. All betrayed Miss Franklin and getting all the credit for her work. This is truly unfair. If this is pure, this is really pure fraud, discrimination, sexism, plagiarism, lack of ethical practice, and unfair moral practice in science. Miss Franklin proved out to be an incredible intellect in science, a prodigy with true commitments to the field of science. She was working on the molecular structure of the viruses with Aaron King before she was able to claim a second prize in science. She passed on April 16, 1958, at a very young age. The Nobel Prize went to her colleague in 1982. It was noted that while he was in her lab, he never received a PhD. That tells you who's the smart one here. Definitely, it was Miss Franklin. So I'd like to welcome you in uh, to our program in my podcast. Eve, hello, how are you? Hi Minerva, how are you? Good, um, how are you feeling? Are you feeling today a little bit nervous? I am a little nervous, but I'm also very excited. Very good, just relax and enjoy it and just be honest and truthful and have a great time. Okay, i like to start Eve, I'd like to walk you to some questions and um, I'd like to ask you and let's get started. Sure. Eve, I'd like you to please walk us through your journey. How and when you decided the laboratory profession would be in your future? When I was younger, my parents used to foster my scientific um, interests and they would send me to various summer camps related to science. I ended up going to a summer camp when I was about 12 or 13 years old where I learned that we had bacteria in our mouths, all over our bodies. We took a swab, I swabbed the inside of my mouth, and they taught me that my DNA was in these cheek cells. And we took our own DNA and put it in a personalized necklace. I actually put sparkles in mine, and that kick-started my love of science and curiosity. Very good. That's a very interesting story. That's great. Thank you for sharing that with me and the audience today. Um, the next question will be, can you please describe your experience in college choosing this major as medical technology? I started out doing my bachelor's in forensic science at the University of New Haven, which I adored this major, however, was also very interested in microbiology. So even though it wasn't part of my coursework, I took on the microbiology class. And when I was there, I learned so much. It really motivated me until the time when I applied to take an advanced certificate at Hunter College that allowed me to become a medical technologist. And this was where I learned every aspect of medical technology. Thank you so much for that answer. Knowing that during your last college years, you had to apply for medical technology internship, how did you choose to Kobe Medical Center to work also? Well, during the time of COVID was when I started my internship in microbiology, so it was very difficult not a lot of centers were accepting interns at the time 
Jacoby Medical Center welcomed me with open arms. Uh, past students from my school have done their internship here in microbiology and they raved about it. They told me about you, Minerva. They told me how inspirational you were. And they really said that you have such a passion for what you do that it it's contagious. It rubs off on them. They, they became passionate. I wanted oh, to experience that. That's great that um, they told you I was infectious, but just know I'm not infectious like a bacteria or viruses. Okay? Right, right. <laughs> that's good things to know. I always encourage my... Uh, medical technology students to um, spread their wings and I think you are on your way to doing that so good luck thank you you're welcome um, would you recommend this field to any future students absolutely the lab is where all the fun is you're constantly learning I know that in your lab when you come in in the morning you give us current events you refresh us on what's going on in society and how the work that we're doing is really relating to helping you know, society at large, and I love that. Great. Um, just continue doing the great work that you're doing. We all appreciate it. And um, I welcome you in, and um, I wish you all the success. It's all up to you to continue further and one day uh, take on the step that I'm doing, and um, the baton be yours. Next question. If you were to look back at your life, how has your parents contributed you to this path? Um, and... Moving forward, um, what can you tell your parent about you being in this field? What have you learned? What are you learning now? And what's going to keep you here? Well, they definitely contributed to my childhood by being very strict. Uh, I was not allowed to go on the computer. All my friends are on instant messenger. I'm watching Dr. G medical examiner. So I really wasn't your average child. And, and they realize this. Now, um, I tell them about everything that we're doing. I recently discussed with them lab week, how we had a huge celebration. As you all know from our previous podcast, we did have a lab week celebration in April. And we played games, we won prizes, we did puzzles. I remember answering a question, what's 2020's most hated microbe? Definitely COVID-19. We won gift cards, cash gift cards, and necklaces. It was a great time. Everyone came together and supported us. Very good. Now, I have a question, final questions. Um, if you were to, um, Father's Day's coming up, I know Mother's Day passed. If you were to look both parents in their eyes, and knowing that today you are a microbiologist, thanking them for sending you to summer camp. What will you say to your father on Father's Day that you have this career today and it's because they send you to summer camp? How will you tell them that? How will you thank them today? I would love to thank them and let them know that these opportunities that they gave to me as a young child really shaped my thinking and the way that I view science. And aside from that, they also show me perseverance in my daily life. They encourage me, they support me, they show up to everything that I do. And that's what I would want to really let them know that I appreciate them. Not everyone's parents are like that. You have to understand that is very special that I have a parents who want well for me. This is very important because in today's society, 
we need to structure our children. We need to motivate them. Not only our children, we need to motivate neighbors, children. We need to motivate friends' children because these children are the future. So parents out there, look, laboratory professional is not perfect, but we love what we do. We are experiencing tremendous shortages right now, and we are seeking the future generation to come into our profession. I guarantee any future students coming in into our profession, you will be guaranteed a job because the shortages that we experience and, in, and technologists currently in the field are retiring. As soon as they retired, we can never replace them. It's taken us months to replace them. And these technologists who has many, many years experience are dying out. We need students to come in into the profession, learn before these technologists retired and take on this knowledge and this responsibility for patient care. Remember, we are all in it together. One of my quotes is, we hold patient lives in our hands. Patients are critical. Every specimen that coming through our hands, I could picture each patient in their bed with a wound that they need to be treated. Those specimens, the doctor takes a swab, which is sent to our laboratory. We cultured those swab. The bacteria grows, and we have identified and do testing through susceptibility that we need to tell the doctor how to treat the patient. Due to our reports and our diligence and our credibility, we're able to send reports to the clinician, to doctors, so they could treat the patient successfully choosing the right antibiotic, not second guessing. So this is very critical. If this is not important, you tell me what is. Thank you. COVID-19 various strands update, national, international news. What does this mean? What do we know today? Coronavirus update. To find the closest and nearest vaccine location, Type on any link, vaccine.gov. News of May 18, 2021. The Biden administration has pledged away 20 million doses of overseas vaccination to F for efforts by the USA. Also, 80 million to other countries. This is all great news. But what has happened to the USA vaccination? Come on, all of you. Roll up your, your sleeve and get vaccinated, okay? We got to take control of our many Americans that need to be vaccinated as much as possible. In order to control this virus, we can all get back to our daily lives and hopefully our routines. But we must get vaccinated. This is critical in controlling the SARS epidemic or COVID epidemic, coronavirus epidemic. Vaccination breakdowns to keep in mind nicely discussed in New York Times on May 18, 2021 by David Leohart. He included four steps that we can all keep in mind in vaccination. Fully vaccinated households, almost vaccinated households, under 12 unvaccinated children, unvaccinated individuals with adults. First, 
vaccinated households. This is meant for people who have who have had completion of vaccine Pfizer and Omerdena successfully completed after two weeks and can resume normal activities without a mask. If you come down with flu-like symptoms, follow the rules and stay home. However, if you visit hospital, nursing home, prisons, and homeless shelters, you are still to wear a mask to protect the vulnerable patients and or individuals. This is very important. Almost vaccinated households. Not all been vaccinated, perhaps leaving some examples as 12 to 15 year olds unvaccinated had one dosage. They should still wear masks, take precautionary actions and try to travel and or, tra or take trips with precaution. Wait till they have taken vaccine completely and wait two weeks. Under 12 unvaccinated children, they should still wear a mask until they get vaccinated. Proceed with caution involving outside activities. If children are in school or day camps and haven't been vaccinated, you must wear a mask. This is critical and very important to controlling and spreading the disease. We all need everyone to cooperate. Unvaccinated individual adults, because right now there's an approximation of about 40 million U.S. adults that hasn't been vaccinated by their own choice, their own freedom as Americans, placing themselves and others at risk. These individuals must follow all proper precaution by wearing masks in public and follow public guidelines by the CDC and other state government agencies. The director of CDC, Rochelle Walensky, encourages all to get vaccinated. She warns and stresses, if you're not vaccinated, you're not safe. You're putting yourself and other at risk. Please get the word out and get vaccinated. The vaccine is safe with minor side effects. You're better off getting the vaccine and getting protection than not having any protection at all and becoming vulnerable to our society and our communities. So be a responsible citizen and do what's right. We know that in India, the Indian variant strain known as B1617-2 only cropped up in the UK on April 10, 2021. By May 14, four people have died. Facts. The strain emerging from India is not too badly, according to Britain reports. Almost 3,000 cases of this strain, known as B1672 variant, was first found in India, steadily increasing to 2,967 cases of the strain reported, and three new deaths May 2021 has occurred in Britain. It's presumed that more than 20 million people have been given a double dose of this vaccine in Britain. Given hopes vaccines are effective against all variants, including the India variant, Prime Minister Boris Johnson told Parliament, this is all great news. The CDC has lifted its restriction on all vaccinated individuals. Fully vaccinated people can now resume activities without wearing masks or physically distancing except where required by federal, state, local, tribal, or territorial laws 
rules and regulations, including local business and workplace guidance. Resume domestic travel and refrain from testing before or after travel or self-quarantine after travel. Refrain from testing before leaving the U.S. for international travels unless required by the destination and refrain from self-quarantine after arriving back in the United States. Refrain from testing following a known exposure if asymptomatic with some exception for specific settings. Refrain from quarantine following a known exposure if asymptomatic. Refrain from routine screening testing if feasible. For now, fully vaccinated people should continue to get tested if experiencing COVID-19 symptoms, follow CDC and health department travel requirements and recommendation. Now I end, it's all over. Now I like to send a shout out to my beautiful executive producer, Mary Lou, who has made this podcast possible. So I want to thank her for encouraging me, supporting me, and also for allowing me to bring to you this show to my lovely audience. Now we conclude the show from the microbial world. Thank you for having me. To my lovely audience, thank you for turning in and listening. Till next time, this is Minerva A. Garcia, your microbiologist. Opinion disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this radio podcast are solely my own and my guests, and not of any institutions or cooperations. Thank you.